This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everyone, to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. This is episode 513 for September 28th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always by Miranda Sanchez. Hi, Miranda. Hi, hello. Welcome, everyone. And Stella rejoining us as well. Stella Chung back on the Halo beat. We have we've uh, <laughs> we had to lure her in after a weekend of multiplayer. Welcome back, Stella. Thank you. So happy to be here and talk Halo. Yes, there is plenty of that uh, to talk about. That'll be our big topic this week. And then also joining us, he is a tech YouTuber. He talks entertainment. He talk game, talks games. Andrew Alliance. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much, man. It's just good to be here with you. Uh, just excited to talk about Halo and the other stuff we have on the docket, for sure. Yes, indeed. Well, let's start right with you, actually. Just give everybody a quick intro, your background in Xbox, uh, what you're up to on YouTube or streaming or social media. The floor is yours, my friend. Sure. So I started uh, podcasting in 2009 uh, of August, so we're almost at 600 episodes, so pretty excited <sighs> about that. And I uh, just love talking about tech and just sharing information that I've learned from, from gaming to uh, entertainment to even uh, the crypto world as well. So I've been dabbling on that a little bit, but just excited for uh, just where we are by way of uh, what we can invest in. But as far as the gaming journey, uh, started in 2009, got, uh, if we go back to like the eighties, uh, it was TurboGrafx-16 that got me in. Nice. And I got a Nintendo around that time, around 87. And then ever since then, I've just been hooked to just uh, loving, just talking about games and just having a good time. So that that's in a nutshell. Uh, here we are, almost at 600 episodes. Pretty excited about that. The Show Radio. And I co-host that with my host, uh, Daniela, uh, Miss DJM. She's awesome. I love it. Boy, a fellow Turbo Graphics guy. That's your man after my own heart there. I had a, I had a TG-16 as well. It was so good. Underrated so good. system. There's so good. good stuff on there. Absolutely. Well, welcome. Great to have you uh Thank love you. crypto yeah crypto too i'm just getting into that myself i, I started making some nfts so i'm we gotta I'm talk we gotta talk we gotta <laughs> i know talk. yeah love to hedgelord, www.hedgelord.net that's that's absolutely. i'll give myself a plug as well as absolutely. youtube actually yeah what's do you have you want to plug your youtube channel social sure. thing before we get started sure it's uriah u-r-i-y-y-a and i just released my underdog collection it's a merch i've been working on for years now it's a reflection of you know all the underdogs out there so i think that they can vibe to that particular design. Uh, Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. Uh, that's where you could find me, the podcast and YouTube. All that stuff is linked there as well. Love it. Good stuff. All right. Uh, let's get started. First up, Diablo 2 Resurrected, the big release last week. Am I? Has anybody else played or should I, should I move on quickly? That's, right. that's yeah. you. That's all you. That's okay. Everybody wants to hear about Halo anyway. I will say uh, I have started it. It's it makes me happy so far. Uh, it's I mean, it's the original game with a new graphical layer on top. So it's not really been fussed with too much. And it's uh, I, Diablo 2 is probably in my top five ever. So that's making me happy. So if you're a Diablo fan, give that a look. But um, IGN's doing a review in progress on that. Just if you're curious, like, all right, well, what does the critic actually think of it? I'm not reviewing question. it question for you yeah uh, so does the graphical layer adds to the experience like what that what did that do for you by way of the experience for that particular title 
Well, it's that thing where if you like the way you remember it is looking good. But if you were to actually load it up, the, the original game's 800 by 600 resolution designed for, you know, little <laughs> CRT four by three monitors. So if it were actually the original thing, you you'd like you'd throw up in your mouth a little bit looking at it now. So the new graphical layer, I think, just kind of it kind of just modernizes. It just makes it look like what it is in your memory. So it's it's definitely not a sexy game. Like Diablo three is definitely better looking. Um, it's yeah, it's not like a it's not a looker, but it just kind of it keeps it looking new enough for twenty twenty one would be would be my answer for that. Uh, so yeah, anyway, review and progress on IGN. Stay tuned for that. We didn't get code until right at the last second for that one. And then uh, real fast, don't sleep on Hot Wheels Unleashed, particularly for Forza fans. I know, of course, there was the <laughs> there was the Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Horizon 3 that was very well received. Hot Wheels Unleashed, 9 out of 10 from our racing game guru, Luke Riley, out of Australia. Uh, I watched his video review. It, yeah. Oh, sweet. We have B-roll of it right here if you're watching on video. This thing, it's it's apparently it's just completely loaded with ridiculous attention to detail, great arcade racing. So like I watched his review and went, okay, I need to play this. I had no intention of playing this before, but I'm totally going to pick it up. I mean, it doesn't hurt that there's a there's a Back to the Future DeLorean in it because that's a, there it is. There it is. Oh, look at that on cue. I couldn't awesome. even have planned that. Uh, so check that out if you need a, a little fix before Forza Horizon 5 comes out in what, about a month and a week or two now. Okay, let's get to. Oh wait, nope. One more thing. One more thing. Because <laughs> while we're all passing, yeah, we're all sort of passing the torch around to stuff that we like before we get to Halo, which we all like, and we're we're all going to talk a lot about Miranda. There's a little game that uh, you kind of like a little bit that you may have mentioned on the show once or twice over the years. Maybe once or twice. It's Dota. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um <laughs> Outer Wilds, of course, it's no longer on Game Pass, so if you didn't play it while it was on Game Pass, you missed out, but you can get, um, of course, you can purchase it still. Uh, but that had its first and only DLC out today. I got to play a little bit of it. It's called Echoes of the Eye. It's really cool, and it's a horror DLC. That's not what I was expecting, and so part of me feels like I've been, so I've been streaming horror games with a friend because she loves horror, and I'm like, I hate horror, and she's, I don't hate it. It's just hard for me to sit through. And she's just like, well, we'll do it together. And so I feel like I've been slowly training for this moment to play the Outer Wilds DLC that is a horror game. So, That's so I mean, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's not entirely like 100% horror. Like there are like a lot of reprieve moments, but it's still when you get to the spooky things, you're like, oh, man, like there's actually a way you can toggle something to make the horror sections because there are like specific sections of just straight up. Well time to die <laughs> maybe uh but there's ways to make that easier i'm not too sure how that actually impacts it because i only allow myself to play fresh out of bed in the morning with a cup of coffee birds chirping <laughs> sun rising so it's it's slow for me but it has a lot of promise and i think halo fans in particular will get a little kick out of it if you guys like outer wilds there's just something at the beginning of of sort of reveal things that are really neat i think specifically for me being a halo fan i was just like wow i don't think this was intentional it's just a really cool moment for me hmm. but uh yeah don't forget that's out today boy that's yeah it's when it rains it pours like all now we're just like drowning in in awesome games including games that aren't even out yet 
Yep. But there it is. I I've been waiting for this day for six years. Look behind me. Look, that's a that's running. <laughs> if we go to my one shot real quick, that's like wow. Yeah, oh, I could so I can press the button. I mean, it's not actually live, but uh, yes. yeah, not, <laughs> it'll be live again this weekend. So but, good, man. Oh, I know. Don't I'll put me back to the nice screen. Right. Well, <laughs> now uh, you, now I'll you, fix that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Halo Infinite, the second multiplayer test flight. It ran all weekend uh, and it was glorious. Certainly for me, I actually want to go to Stella first because oh. Stella, one reason <laughs> I guess we should just tell the audience now. Our plan this time is, I mean, we've done this with a lot of big games that have campaigns and multiplayer components. You are going to do the multiplayer review. I'm going to do the campaign review. There will be two separate reviews. There won't be one final overarching thing because that's just a ridiculous exercise where people think they should be averaged or whatever. It doesn't <laughs> really help anybody. So campaign review from me, multiplayer review from you. And, you know, I'm the grizzled old Halo guy that's played them all and loves this series. And you play Halo. You have played, you know, five on some Master Chief collection. But you're you're out there playing the new stuff and you've you've got your finger on the pulse in the way that I don't anymore. So I, I really like the two perspectives that we're bringing to this, because I think a lot of people will fall into one of those buckets when Infinite does come out on December 8th. You've either got, you know, you've got the old school Halo fans. But it's been so long since even five came out six years that there's you can say there's like kind of a generation that's come up that doesn't even really know Halo. And this will be their first one. So I want to go to you first before I then go to our guest, Andrew. What did you make of Infinite Multiplayer? You know, how do you feel about it? What's uh, what do you like? What do you not like? Take it away. OK, so uh, we're talking about the state of the second test flight, right? Um, yes. I, I felt like the time to kill had been adjusted slightly. Uh, that was a little bit interesting to me. Um, it was really fun, though. Like, I enjoyed it. I played all three days, like, the entire weekend. I couldn't get enough. Um, I, I did notice the AR had been slightly adjusted from the previous test flight, the first one. Uh, so it didn't do as much damage. So you kind of needed to play for wall weapons. You needed to play for power weapons more. And I feel like that changed up the dynamic of gameplay a lot, which was kind of nice, but it was a little frustrating at first because I didn't realize that the AR damage and the fall off um, at a distance had been adjusted. So uh, and then I realized that the pistol was actually the more reliable weapon all throughout the beta or the, the test flight. Yeah. So finding that adjustment between like the first day was really difficult, but then I quickly found out that the BR is definitely one of my favorite weapons because it hits three burst damage rounds um, and it has very little recoil, which is really, really nice. But yeah, as, as someone who hasn't played Halo multiplayer except for a few matches on uh, Master, the Master Chief collection, I was very interested to see that Infinite felt really good. Um, so I mostly play a lot of Apex and the movement there is unrivaled, right? But the way that Halo incorporated sprint and the slide mechanic, I felt was really good because it doesn't do anything for like the slide isn't like a movement boost or anything. It just helps you get from cover to cover, which is kind right. of what you should be doing as, as a Spartan, right? Like you're supposed to be tactical. And I really liked that. Another thing that I really liked that I didn't expect from Halo was the fact that team play is huge, even if you're just doing the Slayer mode. Uh, the fact that if even one person is missing or if one person isn't really paying attention, the fact that you can get steamrolled, I thought that was really cool, which, you know, a lot of casual players probably won't like that because they just want to have fun and, you know, 
run around. But I, I found that having like a full team was actually very beneficial, especially in um, Capture the Flag and the uh, Stronghold mode. That was very important. Like we had one person who just had no... I don't think they were playing the same game. <laughs> they didn't know what was happening. So we ended up losing the last, um, oh my God, what is it? Sudden death mode in Capture the Flag. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, team play is really important, even if it's just Slayer mode, because, you know, if one person is, isn't following your team, uh, it's very easy to get outnumbered. And what I liked about Halo is that you can't really win 1v3s very easily. It's very much about being with your team and playing as a unit, which is really cool. That took me some getting used to. I'm very used to fighting people on my own in Apex. So understanding, oh, I should probably stick with at least one other person so we have a chance of winning these 2v2s. Um, that was very important. And I don't know. I, I was a little worried about Halo multiplayer coming in in 2021 uh, because, Ryan, like you said, it's been six years, right? But honestly, with the way that they've modernized Halo in Infinite, I genuinely feel like it's it's going to come back up as one of the best FPSs. And that that I'm very biased, or at least historically <laughs> biased, not like journalistically <laughs> biased in the sense that I just have this established love for Halo. And yeah, I mean, for me, I, I've felt largely the same way that like Halo's back. This is this feels amazing. But um, I'm going to go to Andrew now because I know, Andrew, you were doing you did a podcast about this as well. Yeah. What, what was your take on Infinite's multiplayer tech test here? I think that it's just learning from mistakes in the past, right? And I realized that they incorporated everything that they've learned from the ups and downs, especially uh, with uh, the Halo 5 situation heading into Infinite. And even, uh, as uh, Stella mentioned, modernizing a, a lot of things for us to enjoy, but still make it very unique. To the halo experience which is uh, which is one thing i really really enjoyed about it it's very fast but it still feels like halo it's tactical and it's simple but it still feels like halo and i think the fact that they were able to do that uh particular uh recipe of uh, if you will and just still keep what we loved about halo ever since the beginning i think it's it's a masterpiece and uh, when we were saying earlier on, uh, or different individuals were saying, hey, you know what, they can't mess this up. They know that they have a lot riding on this. And the fact that they're taking the time to make it as perfect as it is already, just with the flight that we've experienced, and they're gonna have another weekend upcoming soon. Um, I just love everything that I've seen. And um, I'm, I'm classic weapons uh, right now. So I really enjoyed the AR and the pistol. Uh, grappling hook was really refreshing. So uh, overall, I think they're doing a fantastic job. I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, St Stella, when you when you were started talking about when you started talking up the battle rifle, I had a big like inside my brain smile because it's <laughs> that is the battle rifle has been like a classic Halo favorite for a while. And I'm so glad that you, as someone who kind of <laughs> is newer to it, are are feeling the same way. It's just it's just. It's it's almost a perfect weapon in a lot of yeah. ways, like it's just oh, so absolutely. good. It's so I mean, good. I, I want to talk more about uh, the weapons, both new and old, because there's uh, there's a they gave us a lot of of uh, arms to play with in this in this tech test. But Miranda, you first here. Uh, what was your takeaway now that we're going uh, back to uh, you and I, kind of our IGN's long, long term Halo players? What do you think of the tech? Um, yeah, so I was. Uh, sort of taking it back like still always whenever you know you have another flight or another beta or something they're going to make adjustments and the feeling of those adjustments was very apparent right off the bat um i know it's definitely with the ar 
and of course attempt to kill as well. Some of the weapons I was sort of partial to just didn't feel as good. So I was like, wait a second, I can't just run with these anymore. Mm -hmm. They also move locations for certain weapons that spawn. And so I got a little confused at first. I was like, wait, where did you put my needler? Where is my commando? And so sort of relearning that was actually sort of fun because it kind of kept you on your toes for things that you've already done before. So right now we are watching Live Fire, um, if you are listening. And this particular map, I got a lot of playtime on in the first tech test. And the second tech test, it was really cool to go back and see just like how these little adjustments had been made really change up the game. Uh, Just as Stella said very poignantly that you really have to go play for those weapon spawns. Like you can run with the AR, the pistol is fantastic. But if you know how to use these other weapons, you're going to have just such a better advantage. Uh, I personally... Uh, yeah, I know sorry. we're not going to get too much into the weapons. No, 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 no. Don't be sorry. This is perfect. I was going to say, VR, not my favorite. I've never really <laughs> loved the VR. I know people love the VR, but listen to me. Commando. Commando got yes. better. So last time I felt I felt like in Mean Girls, I was like, stop trying to make fetch happen. That was me with the commando. I was like, the commando sorry. is going to be it. We're going to be best friends. We're going we're gonna to have a great time. We're going to get so many kills. Last time it was kind of hard, and I think the the tuning for it was a little less optimal. This time around, though, we we were good. We were good. So <laughs> anytime I could go get that, it was sort of my my big takeaway. Unfortunately, I actually didn't have as much time with this uh, like test flight as I wanted, Ryan, because yeah. I was sick. <laughs> so I was so sick. I just had to be in bed, and I slept all of Saturday. Just all of Saturday, I was asleep. So I really only got to play Sunday. And uh, I missed the first round because I was also still not feeling great. However, I did make the most of that uh, final sort of um, play period that they had live. So I'm really excited to talk about the new map as well and the new weapons. Uh, One quick shout out. So I'll be working probably as the primary guide writer for this game because I said so and I'm in charge. But, but, you know, (laughs) I do the assignment. So I'm going to give this to myself because I love Halo and I just want to spend all my time in December in Halo. Um, but if you guys are looking sort of for a comparison from this test flight to uh, the last test flight, I've been really trying to ca- uh, log everything <laughs> that I can. So, for instance, like just like weapon descriptions and map descriptions and like, different different things that we can find, uh, the battle pass rewards. I've been really trying to be meticulously documenting all of that. So if you do want to sort of see how things have changed, at least on that sort of surface level, rather than like the back end number level, um, we do have that in the edging guide. So. Please check out my work. Thank you. We will. Oh, we will. Yeah. All right. We're, we're starting. Yeah. I, let's let's talk weapons because we've already started to get into that. And then I absolutely want to talk about the maps because I have a lot to say about the maps. And it sounds like all of you do, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Andrew, let me go back to you here of the classics. What feels best to you? And then and then just go ahead and talk about your favorite of the new stuff. Okay, so uh, the new stuff I didn't check in with, but I'm going to check in this weekend with the new stuff. Of the classics, it's definitely going to be the pistol, surprisingly. Uh, I was really, really surprised how good it was. Uh, so that was that was dope. And also the AR. So, so those are the two that I really enjoyed. Live Fire, uh, I played a lot on. And I know we're going to talk about that in a second, so I'll just stop there. But yeah, definitely the pistol and the AR got my attention nice yeah i i am with you like i found when i would spawn with the ar on the pistol and i 
start to get into a dance with somebody, I'd pepper them with some AR and then I'd just in my head, I'd go screw it. And I just switch to the pistol and <laughs> pop them in the head and, and win the fight. So yeah, the pistol feels good so far in, uh, in infinite Stella. How about you? What's uh, of, you talked a bit about the battle <laughs> rifle already. So maybe, uh, if you want to give us of the, of the newer weapons, what's, uh, mm. what's tickling your fancy so far? Uh, well, you're you're gonna have to correct me on uh, naming some of the newer weapons, but I okay the skewer. Oh my goodness! Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! <laughs> uh, the the amount of disgusting things I've pulled off with that gun, <laughs> it, it's, it just makes me want it even more. So I always hard contested it. Uh, the sniper rifle was also very nice. Um, I, I noticed that a lot of people were saying that it felt a little bit different. So I don't know what was different about that, but um, I did really like it. I felt like it was pretty strong, but if you didn't land headshots, then it would only break shields, which I felt was pretty fair. Um, so I felt like that was pretty good balancing because you don't want like a one-shot weapon for everything, right? Like the the skewer is a one-shot weapon basically because it's just this giant like I don't know this it's a spike that goes into your body like there's no there's no fighting that <laughs> um i also really liked i think it's the heat wave that's the yes. uh shotgun that changes um yeah, i honestly vertical or horizontal orientation yes yeah. going vertical and um so what i really like about halo is that it it really rewards you for being accurate with your shots so with the heat wave being able to hit an entire target vertically you in two shots you know you've melted that and seeing the spartan just kind of like melt away into nothing is really satisfying um also all of the audio cues on the weapons feel really good um i uh, and and i know i I don't know if i said this before but i really liked the shield regen sound as well like that's really satisfying to hear because you know you hear it like you just hear voom up and you're like okay good cool i can go back in awesome um i i was very disappointed with the I, i know a lot of people liked the ar and they say that a lot of people's arguments is that the ar has been the strongest that it's been in any halo which is fair, but uh, because in the first test flight we got this feel of a stronger AR, I definitely miss that uh, this time around. Um, I, I did notice that the spread and damage was a little bit different on the AR this time around, and the pistol was actually more reliable, but that's fine because I think that made games even more fun because you had to play for wall or power weapons, which is fine. And... Um, I, I really like the uh, commando as well, Miranda. I thought Yay. it was very reliable. I liked it, especially at a distance. Um, I was very happy with how the needler felt this time around. Um, I, I feel like the first test flight, I wasn't super satisfied with it, but this time around, um, you know, peppering people with with the needler and seeing them explode was super satisfying. And I actually like the pulse carbine too. That was really fun. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't notice a lot of people yeah, picking good. it up. But I mean, if you get like three bursts in and you land all your shots, they're pretty much dead. So it felt pretty good. Miranda, you mentioned the commando, which I I share the same sentiment. That was the first one I was going to talk about. But please take classic new. What's uh what's what's tops on your list so far? Classic. I'm going to be the same as everyone else. We're going to pick the pistol because it is fantastic, and I'm so glad about that. Uh, new. Obviously, the commando, but one thing I do want to give a shout out to is the heat wave. However, that heat wave was definitely nerfed because I would go for it every single time and it was so easy to get kills with it. And now you have to pump in so many more shots. Like, I'm landing these shots like I did last time. I'm like, what is happening? I actually really love being able to be sort of confused by those changes just because I think it provides that opportunity of, oh, now I need to change my playstyle a little bit to adjust to how they are adjusting this game. And I think that's just one of the benefits of playing this early access is that you get to learn a lot of different ways 
that they're trying to adjust these and sort of get a feel for what it could look like in finality and then also how they're going to adjust them over time as well. I think we're going to get more drastic adjustments right now because they are trying to fine tune the game based on having a ton of feedback. Like this is the first time, of course, that they're getting a ton of feedback from, you know, people that are their paid play testers. So, you know, I think this is an interesting opportunity to see what that will look like um, in a drastic way. So I did like the heat wave a lot, except for when they changed it. So now I don't go for it. But the Needler, so I actually sort of disagree because I think it had better range last time. Uh, and so whenever I pick it up, I was like, Needler, don't feel me. Why did you not explode? What's <laughs> happening? So I think that one was a little less accurate. And so, sort of the Pulse Carbine too, I think between a Needler and Pulse Carbine, you just need to be a lot closer than you'd expect. Like what that medium range looks like is almost sort of close range. Um, another thing I noticed too, sorry, this isn't really weapon, but it's melee. So it's still attacking people. Yeah. Uh, you have to be right on somebody. Like, you got to be right up there. You're about to give them a smooch, but you actually just punch them. That's that's what you're doing. Smooch punch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> with melee, because it is just that close. Because, like, the lunge is just almost non-existent, which is yeah. fine with me, but it's just something that I had to get used to, because I, I would notice I'd go into melee somebody, and I was just, just a little too far away. So I think adjusting again to those is such a big part of things that you need to take account of. Um, I think that's probably all for the weapons except we didn't talk about the brand new weapon that we got which was the shock rifle yes did you guys use a shock rifle i didn't really get to use it in my matches i never ended up i don't maybe once or twice it's not it's not bad i i picked it up a couple of times but i honestly preferred the other weapons that you could get to um it, it wasn't bad if you could hit your shots but oftentimes i found that because people move around so much it's really hard to get that arc just just right so i think it's more of um like you know it's a situational thing if there are a lot of enemies close together maybe you can use it but definitely using it as a long range was not the play um also with with the melee actually Miranda, it's so funny because like the first the first day that they had the second test flight uh, I noticed that the lunges were a little inconsistent. Like I, I was around to the door and someone hit me from behind the door. When I looked at the doorway, they were all the way on the other side. And I was like, I don't know how you hit me from there. So I don't know if that's like a ping thing. I don't know if that was because there were some desync issues in their servers. I'm assuming that would make a lot of sense as to why there were um, some inconsistencies with the melee. But being able to follow up some gunshots with a melee was so satisfying, especially when you had two weak enemies on you and you're just like, oh, you're going to get my elbow. <laughs> yeah, I, I had one great encounter, which I, I remembered to just record real quick and post it on my Twitter where uh, so I, it was on it was on Bazaar and I was up on a or no. Yeah, it was. It was up on Bazaar and it, it was up on a little catwalk thing. And there, I saw a guy below. So I. I go down, but then there was another one below jumping up towards me. I elbowed him in the face on the way down, finished him off with my AR, picked up his uh, his shotgun, which is the the um, Hold on. of it now. I'm blanking on the new name of the shotgun. Uh, the uh, CQS the Bulldog 48 Bulldog. Yes, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I love that uh, gun. And, and then took out, and then the second one was chasing me and shooting me. I just turned and just one shot, just like you know, pretty close range, just <laughs> double killed them. So yeah, that that's fun. But for me, um, yeah, I just can't argue with the battle rifle. It just continues to be my favorite of the of the classic weapons, um, and uh, of the new stuff. I so I'm a big DMR fan from the past, and I would say. I'm also jumping on the commando train 
because it kind of feels like an automatic DMR, but with requiring a similar level of skill and precision. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm head over heels with the commando. I rushed for it. Any chance I got, I knew exactly where it was and I would frequent that area to make sure it was around. Although I do have to give a shout out to the classic, the rocket launcher, the spanker, uh, <laughs> where that I played a lot of bizarre that ended up being the map I played the most. Um, I didn't, we're going to talk about maps in a second, but, um, there's, you know, there's that center center pit area and it's, there's power, uh, you know, there's, there's the overshield and then on one side of that pit and then the rocket launcher up on a platform on the other side. And it's just, I would just make sure to go grab it and it, you just, you can just pretty much get four guaranteed kills at least with your four shots, as long as you are aiming correctly at the, usually at the ground. I mean, that's the, right. that's the trick. And it's just. That that rocket launcher will never not feel fun to me. So, uh, but I just I'm so enamored with this, and let's let's just keep it going uh, in terms of how good I feel about infinite multiplayer so far, and talk about the maps. Um, favorite map, Stella. Let me go to you first. Ooh, um, I'm trying. I've to got think. the names here if it helps. Right. Yeah. I just. I really. Okay, I really liked Recharge, um, but honestly, Behemoth was really fun for Capture the Flag. Surprisingly, I liked Bazaar for Capture the Flag. I thought it would be too small, but honestly, it felt pretty challenging, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with Behemoth was I felt like the map was a little too small to be using vehicles, and basically whoever got the vehicles had the upper hand, especially in Capture the Flag. Like, I didn't mind it so much in Slay Arena Slayer matches, but um, in Capture the Flag, it was it was very clear, like, as long as you got the weapons and the uh, uh, the the two vehicles off the spawn, then you were kind of in, in the lead. So that was the only uh, issue I had. But I don't know. All the maps felt really good. Like, I... There's not a single map that I was like, oh, it's this one again. Um, all, I felt like all the wall weapon placements were good. I liked that all of the power items and power weapon um, spawn locations were always a battle and out in the open. So you couldn't just go and grab it. I love that you could be contested for it. Um, I, I felt like the pacing around the maps were good, too. Like I was very worried about live fire and bizarre because they were kind of smaller maps. But the spawn points actually were really like they were fine. Um, there were only a couple of times that I was like, oh, I spawned and there's an enemy right there. But I mean, it's it's not like Call of Duty bad. <laughs> so. I know. I was, just, so I was about to say that. Like, I wanted to cry. I was like, thank you. Right? Thank yeah. you good spawn. You mean I have a fighting chance <laughs> off of spawning? Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That is wonderful. The map, the, the map flows were really good, too, because you were constantly running around. There were different... Um, what is it? Uh, wall weapon spawns. So you knew mm -hmm. that people would be rotating around and it felt really good. It felt very healthy. So I hope they don't change the balance of the maps too much because I feel like they're pretty good as they are. So. Miranda, let me go right to you here since you, you started to jump in on that. Um, your favorite maps thus far. Uh, real quick, I think this will give some context to some of my favorite maps is I'm a bit bummed because I actually never have to play Capture the Flag. I played everything oh, but Capture no. the Flag. It just never <laughs> popped up for me. Yeah, I was like, why? This is the new one. Uh, so I think my favorite so far is probably Bizarre. Just as Stella said, there's no bad map, which is such a relief. Sorry, Valhalla left a bad taste in my mouth. Not Valhalla, <laughs> but uh, wait, Vanguard. 
Vanguard. That's yeah, it's it's amazing. another V word. It's okay. Yeah. I, Which one? Which yeah. one? Oh my gosh, it's fall, y'all. <laughs> but there was there were masters like, can I just walk away for a minute? Can I go AFK? I'm sorry, guys. But but in Halo, I didn't have that feeling, and I was so relieved. And I feel bad, you know, being so harsh about that. But it's such a bummer whenever you don't really have any sort of agency in choosing those maps, and you just get stuck with one you don't like. And that's guys. My heart is so full. Every map is good. Um, I do want to give some special uh, consideration to Behemoth, as that is the new map that we got in this test flight. Uh, Stella, as you're saying, the vehicles is an interesting part of this, right? Because you have a 4v4. Um, you're like, wait, you want to add vehicles to so that sort of thing? And I think that map works for Halo because it really does challenge you to be aware of sightlines and constant movement. And I think even more than the other maps, you're constantly going for those like more impressive or powerful weapons and the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first few times when I played that map, people just didn't care about the vehicles uh, because they make you such an obvious target, right? But then someone's like, well, never mind. I'm just going to go for it. And then they just killed everybody. And then it's so hard to take them out. So I think that is actually a balanced thing is it takes too long to destroy the ghost, yeah. which... I, I love the ghost. I, I love getting to work hog with friends. But if I don't have friends with me, I'm just like, guys, please, please shoot this down. Please, tar- <laughs> please target this. No? Okay. And so I think uh, that is probably, hopefully, something they'll adjust for. I think, Stella, you're right on the money, too, earlier in saying that Halo is a little bit different and that you can't necessarily one-man army everything. The time to kill is a little bit different, so you really have to be more strategic. So if you come against 1v2, you're probably going to lose that unless those people are just so uncoordinated that you somehow slip out and that can happen, but it's regular, right? So I think especially in this particular map with Behemoth and you having those vehicles, coordination on destroying those and prioritizing them is a bit of a challenge with the weapons that are on the map. Um, At least it seemed like that for the people that were in the map with me. So uh, that's, I think, one thing that could change, but largely I really did like that map and I think it, it works for Halo and how they have time to kill and the placement of the map. Again, rotations. Felt great. Yeah, I I was very bummed. I missed Behemoth because they only added it in the last session. And I was at I had prearranged a a birthday thing, a belated birthday thing. Uh, A bunch of friends and I went and saw Shang-Chi, which, by the way, was absolutely fantastic. So good. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, I I missed Behemoth, but I I saw the whole stream that 343 did to preview it. Uh, So I'll talk more about that in a minute. But Andrew, let me go your way here. Did any of these maps jump out at you? Absolutely. So I did see the stream like you did. A bazaar caught my attention. I love that. I, I love maps that uh, make sure that you're not bored as you're trying to get to the enemy. So small, mid-sized maps I'm a fan of. So bazaar caught my attention. A live fire also caught my attention. Love those maps. Uh, had a lot of time on those too. But yeah, it, it's it's beautiful. And I think that individuals who are still hesitant because of past things uh, with the series, I think you should just just give it a try. It's going to be open up to a lot of more individuals uh, this upcoming weekend. I mean, Halo's back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's a good point, by the way, is anybody this weekend, anybody can play in this in this uh, upcoming weekend's test. So you've got an Xbox, you've got a PC. Just try it. Just play it. Give it a go. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, again, it's very bummed I missed Behemoth. But from the moment I saw it on the 343 stream, it is it's like totally gives me Valhalla meets Timberland vibes. And if you're like, wait, Timberland, that was a Halo PC map. 
back in the mm. day. One of the six that they added specifically as part of Halo PC. And I believe it's it's in Master Chief Collection now. It's there. Oh, I if, think the uh, one you're looking at is Fragmentation. Or the one you're thinking Sorry, of. thank you. That's it's, what I meant. Not Behemoth. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. correcting me. That's, yes. Gotcha. Uh, Fragmentation gives me Valhalla, Timberland vibes. Uh, Behemoth's cool too, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also jump on the bizarre train here because uh, the from the moment I saw it, it kind of reminded me of Turf from Halo 2, uh, mm. which is a good thing. And it, I mean, it, it doesn't have the same flow or anything. It's just sort of the, the art style and setting and tone of it are similar. But yeah, it just it plays really well. Like there are there are some there's some a little bit of verticality to it. There's some just open, you know, let's just get in the pit together and, and fight this out. There's the battle for some power weapons. There's a good mix of weapons. I definitely got some needler kills on Bizarre Miranda. There's some needlers laying around. So uh, but, the door. but um Miranda and and Stella really, I think, hit the nail on the head as far as how I also feel. There are these are all good maps so far. And that is that really just hits directly at my one genuine criticism of Halo 5 multiplayer, which again, we've talked a billion times over and over again about Halo 5 campaign, not so great. Multiplayer, fantastic. They're just like these weird opposites in the same package. But the one thing I would say about Halo 5 is that the multiplayer maps just not that they were terrible, but they just weren't memorable. They weren't great. They were just kind of these places that you fought and that was fine because the, the core mechanics of it were amazing. But like, I don't even know if there are very few Halo 5 maps I could name off the top of my head, whereas I can name most Halo 3, uh, Halo 2, Halo 1, and even a good number of Halo 4 maps too, like Haven was a great one. But 5 just didn't, it didn't hold keep up that Halo tradition for me of having great maps. And all of these, all of these, as you guys said, Live Fire, Bizarre, Recharge, Behemoth, and Fragmentation, all excellent. So that bodes really, really well for uh, the, the remaining complement of them that we're going to get. And I, I'm just like, I'm over the moon with this game so far. Um, but I guess before we kind of wrap this up and move on to our other big topic of the week, I, I kind of want to just go around. This is still a test. There, there are things being tweaked, as, as you've all talked about already, but constructive criticisms. I want to go around the room and, and you know, if anybody from 343 is listening, I mean, I'm sure we're not going to say anything that nobody else hasn't said yet, but I'll start with Stella because I know, Stella, you shared you shared a clip with me of uh, a pretty egregious gravity hammer situation. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the gravity hammer, I understand, is historically very, very strong. Uh, it has some decent range. Uh, but I slammed my hammer down at the top of the stairs and this guy was in the middle of the stairs and it still somehow hit him and he died like full strength. So I was a little confused about that. Um, I think the power weapons feel pretty good. Um, I, I feel like the, the gravity hammer is definitely really strong. Uh, I feel like there might be some changes to it just because it's very easy to get multiple kills over and over again. And um, the amount of charges it has is just, it, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I feel like maybe the charges should be toned down a little bit so there's less. Um, because I know the, the, the skewer only has about like four or five shots. But with the gravity hammer, you can hold on to it for a good amount yes. of time. I, I, I went like on a full rampage where I was not killed until I, it was depleted. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like that might need to be adjusted. I know they're, of course, they are looking at all of this. Um, I, I feel like not a complaint, 
But I feel like a, um, a kudos is this. So seeing them adjust things so quickly and especially between weekends. Um, I mean, I'm sure this next weekend we'll see how things change. Uh, it gives me a lot of hope to see Halo multiplayer as uh, a live service game because they are going free to play. They're doing a live service game. Uh, I am, however, concerned with how the customization options are going to go, how the battle pass will look, because I feel like um, this is going to be a little bit different from Apex and from, you know, Warzone's free-to-play model. And I, at least from the options that I've seen, I'm not super impressed, but I do understand this is a tech uh, preview. So, you know, that will come later down the line. Um, time to kill. I, I think that was, that was my only complaint. It felt a little inconsistent with um, specific weapons. And I feel like that changed depending on which weapon you used. So maybe if they nail that down, it might be a little bit better. Um, uh, oh, also, Grapple Shot feels amazing um, as someone who comes from very heavy movement-based uh, FPS games. Um, being able to bamboozle people with that, like disengage from fights really quickly, heal up, come back, and just decimate them felt really, really good. And I can only imagine how creative people are going to get. So I'm very excited. Andrew, how about you? Any constructive criticisms coming out of this weekend? Yeah, I mean, so much good stuff going on right now. I think the first thing I would say is make sure that you are open to criticism, right? Because a lot of the games that we see uh, have a bad uh, dip into their, um, you know, customer base is because they didn't take any advice from the individuals who are constantly playing their games. So you have Stella talking about Apex, you, you're talking about Halo stuff. Uh, Miranda, I've heard uh, talk about Gears. Can you imagine if they have the input of the individuals who are constantly spending time playing their games and are pretty good at it uh, on a regular basis? And I think that that's where uh, I would start. Uh, because this game has a lot riding on it. So that advice, you know, is a broad stroke for any company, uh, any developer, any publisher that is creating anything, uh, whether you're teaming up with a company, especially with the topic that you have uh, upcoming, uh, to make sure that you're open to the criticism that you're hearing. And if it makes sense, don't leave yourself in a bubble uh, to miss out on a great opportunity to get even more sales, you know, for yourself, uh, for the title that you're working on. That's where I'll go with that. Yeah, and we've, and we've already seen it from the first the first tech test to the second one so 343 seems to be on the right track there miranda how about you yeah so um some quick notes on just like what estella was saying to you with the battle pass uh i've been logging that and they've changed it quite a bit i have a feeling that they're probably holding back some different sort of cosmetics that they want to show just because they're probably saving them for launch rather than showing all of the different um things that we'll have at launch so um just i guess a note on that is that work in progress sort of deal i guess my only constructive criticism is sort of just coming back again to behemoth is that that's the one that needs to be tweaked to have better balance between the vehicles and the weapons that spawn and how to destroy them and like or get people out of them a little bit more effectively uh so that would be the biggest one there which again we already talked about i know the shock rifles on that map somewhere i'm pretty sure because that's the shock rifle we didn't talk too too much about it but that one is intended more so for vehicles. Like, I did see someone use it against the ghost, and it was really cool just seeing that, like, fizzing with electricity after they had already walked away from it. I was like, well, that's, that's a neat little effect that sort of lingers there. Um, so I think that's going to be my biggest one. And then also as far as equipment goes, I, I would like to see the repulsor be a little bit more helpful in a way. Uh, I, I try to play with it a little bit. And another thing we didn't really talk about is with Academy and you could go and test what, what, what was it called specifically? Not the weapon drills, but it is training mode. So sorry, just want to get the proper name. 
So training mode is where you just go fighting in spots. You have a bot team. You can change it on the fly. It's really cool to just like test any weapon in more of a live environment. Um, they did a really great job with the bots, by the way. Like ODST and Spartan are the top two uh, hardest difficulties. Of course, with Spartan being the hardest, and they they do a good job. They don't they mean business. So I think that's a good playground for that. But the repulsor always felt like it was a hard thing to use it's like yes i can reflect a grenade which of course grenades are bouncing everywhere as they should be this is halo but it it still felt a little difficult to make most effective i will say though someone got a really great kill on me with the repulsor because they pushed me off an edge with the repulsor i did Um, that that might have been me actually i was playing on on xbox so maybe not but if you did i'd be honored and i would have known it was you i was like it's Stella. thank you for killing me but i'm just kidding Uh, but uh no, 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 no. That, uh, that is a good way to use it. I think it's just a little less helpful than the other equipment. Like if I could get any other equipment, I'd probably go for that over repulsor. So I think that would just something that needs to be a bit tweaked. Um, other than that, it's a good time. Yeah, uh, for me, I would say I, I'm now nervous that they, they're going to uh, nerf the commando because we all said oh, how no. much we love oh, it. No, no, no. So it's we'll hard see. to use still. It's still. I know, it's right? Not it's not that good. Ixnay on the Amanda, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, for me, it's there's not, you know, I, I definitely saw the frame rate dip here and there, but it's a technical test. I'm not, you know, on on, on Series X, by the way. Obviously, that's what's behind me. That's I should clarify. That's what I'm playing on, but I haven't tried PC yet. But um, I'm not sure I will. I I don't. I mean, I will for like work purposes and reviewing. Uh, you know, checking out the PC version, but. I just something I don't know. I don't know if I want to play on mouse and keyboard against. It there's just something really about good. Halo and a controller. You can plug in a controller. Really good. Well, that's. Would you really want to do? Yeah, that? I would like, not want to be facing off though? against mouse and keyboard players while holding a gamepad. But it's not. It's not that bad. If you're <laughs> if you're really good with a controller and they're really good on the keyboard, it's it's one v one, man. That's what it is. It's Actually, not that bad. Okay, so, so, so I, this just brought up something for me. Sorry, Ryan, to butt in. No, but, please. Uh, I, I did. There's this very famous clip going around on Twitch where in the tech test, um, a streamer got up from his desk and was, had, a, had a controller plugged into his PC but was playing on mouse and keyboard. And uh, anytime an enemy entered the, the reticle, uh, it, he was not at his desk. It would automatically yeah. track Auto aim. And yeah. I was like, Oh, they need to tone that down. <laughs> especially, so thinking of this in a competitive aspect, um, especially since I know Halo will have a big esports scene again. And I did, this doesn't um, particularly apply to the casual audience, but as someone who is uh, now pretty much more ingrained in esports and, and I consider games competitively, um, that's going to be a huge thing. They're, they're going to have to figure out how to balance that correctly because I know Apex constantly struggles with that. So seeing the amount of aim assist that goes into the controller, I was like, ooh, that's, that's not going to be great. So um, especially well, with some of these weapons. Yeah, I mean, Halo's always had aim assist on the on the gamepad. I would think, was this Twitch stream or this clip, was it was the guy on PC on, or on mouse and keyboard? From what I believe, he was on PC. He was playing mouse and keyboard, but he did have a controller plugged in. So it okay. applied that aim, aim assist to his uh, mouse and keyboard, even though he wasn't aware. I feel like I saw somebody from 343 respond to this. Like this year. Oh, did I'm, they? I'm, I'm, this is like jogging a memory. I think they said the thing I'm remembering is that as soon as you put, as soon as you flick the mouse, the mm-hmm. auto aim goes away. Like if you're using the okay. controller, it's there. Like literally as soon as you touch the mouse, it's gone. 
which yeah, is like in order to detect uh, what you're using as a peripheral so it's not going to be an advantage for the person that has both plugged in at the same time i just wanted to ask uh, stella what have they done to help out with uh the controller auto aiming stuff on apex side uh real quick so what they've done is they've lowered it a couple of uh a couple of um what is it i guess in strength terms they've coupled they've lowered it a couple of decimals um so it's not much but i know that with algs this year which is their big uh global series championship um they are incorporating crossplay so it's going to be very interesting this is the first time oh. that they're doing this it's year it's only year two uh mm -hmm. so um they did lower how much uh, aim assist you can get but it is still there i believe it's like one point four as opposed to one point six as to what it was before so it's just a few um, so something like that in Halo might be good because even if, you know, you do have a controller plugged into PC, but you use mouse and keyboard and that aim assist isn't there, it's still there for controller, uh, which could be a big issue going into competitive play. Um, I, I, I know that Halo has since become very like PC and Xbox oriented. So it'll be interesting to see how they do um, tournaments if they split it up, uh, especially with ranked ser series coming up, because mm -hmm. that is also a big deal that... Um, people in Apex complain about in ranked about getting faced up against controller players because it's all crossplay. So I, it, it's just a very delicate dance. Um, there's no real right or wrong answer yet because it just depends on the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say really quickly, I am so terrible with a sniper <laughs> and that control is not doing anything for me. Okay. <laughs> like the, the aim assist is just not, it's just not there for me. So I think there is still some balance to it for sure. But um, of course, Stella, like the pro, the pro scene is as a much different group than the general tuning that you'll see. Um, right. So it is yeah. part of the consideration of how they do it. But I think to that point, it's like they can't just tune. And that's the, that's the problem I see with Apex is they can't just tune to pro players. Like that's nice, but they make such a small percentage of like who's actually playing this game that right. they have to make sure it makes sense for everyone who's playing and not just pro. So it's, it's a delicate balance for sure. Yeah. And I understand that this is, um, I, I did try to preface that this is for like, you know, competitive players as opposed to the casual audience, which right. I will probably stay in the casual audience for a while just because I, I will let y'all figure out your ranks, then I'll start playing. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just definitely still a concern since this is going to be, a, there is going to be a very big audience on PC. Right. And this is also a tech test. They're figuring everything out. True. Yeah, Miranda, I'm with you. I'm uh, the sniper is by far the weapon in Halo <laughs> historically that I'm the worst with. I'm, if it's yeah. there, I will pass it up. I will leave it for a teammate because I'm like, it's not. I'm not the one that should be picking it up. But yeah, I would think that even in, especially even in a competitive space, that mouse and keyboard is still a, an advantage even over even over an aim-assisted gamepad, I, I would think. I, I would be very surprised. I mean, I'm sure there are some extremely skilled gamepad players out there, mm -hmm. but up against an extremely skilled mouse and keyboard player, I would presume it's not even a contest. But Yeah, that's that's what I think, too. It's like, man, I'm I'm worried about the mouse and keyboard players. I don't want to put <laughs> yeah. the uh, It's the, an ongoing uh, battle. It it's is. an ongoing battle with that conversation because I've seen both sides, and if you're really good, with your peripheral, you can really tear anybody up. And I think that's the beauty of having the option of either the keyboard uh, mouse uh, versus the controller, because uh, even with Destiny, because I play a lot of that, I play mostly on controller and I take people out and I'm not really struggling in that regard. Now, mm -hmm. I've been playing FPS for a long time 
on a controller ever since I can remember. But it's just, you know, if you're good with, with your peripheral, you can do damage. That's that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. well said. Um, the, I mean, the bottom line here, I want to move on to our other topics since we're 50 minutes into the show already. I told you it was going to be a big Halo show. You did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, for me, again, I'm not saying this, like, as a definitive thing, but my impression thus far almost could not be more positive. And I feel pretty confident after this tech test that it, even if the campaign, which again, that's what I'm reviewing, if that face plants, if that Halo 5s on us, which I really hope that does not happen, but I, I, I think multiplayer is, it's looking, the odds are very, very good here based on, you know, we've been shown a pretty substantial sample size of Halo uh, Infinite multiplayer. I think multiplayer is looking like it's going to be good. It's just a question of how good. Like, <laughs> is it going to be, is it going to be like up with Halo 2 kind of good or, or just, you know, just regular fantastic? But uh, I just, I came away so positive after this tech test and I can't wait for the second one this weekend, which again, everyone can jump into. All right. The next big topic of the week, the other thing, this was, uh, I would never have seen this coming. This was a very strange story. I think ultimately I, I've, uh, we've kind of figured out the, the bottom line here, but uh, it took, it had, had to take a walk on this one. Uh, take a listen to this and I want to hear from everybody. The initiative, the developers of the Perfect Dark reboot, Microsoft's new, you know, fancy high-end new studio down in Santa Monica, it's being led by Daryl Gallagher, who was formerly of Crystal Dynamics. Well, the initiative is partnering uh, on development of Perfect Dark with Crystal Dynamics. Uh, so here's the tweet, which was sent out at 5 p.m. on a Thursday, right after a Nintendo Direct, when everybody's talking about that. There was no press release. There were no quotes from the initiative leadership or Crystal Dynamics leadership. There was a Phil Spencer tweet. But that was really it. Uh, this did not have the usual fanfare that a that a first party Microsoft announcement would have. But the tweet was, uh, let's see, that's a perfect dark update. We are partnering with Crystal Dynamics, the world class team behind character driven games such as Tomb Raider, to bring this first person spy thriller to a new generation. The teams couldn't pass up a chance to work together. We're still early in development, but incredibly excited to use this unique opportunity to deliver on the vision for Perfect Dark, with Phil Spencer tweeting a little a few minutes later, great to see continued momentum and progress on Perfect Dark, thrilled to have Crystal Dynamics partnering with the initiative. So uh, again, the optics on this, I want to go to Miranda first. The optics on this, it is almost as if they were trying to just, just sweep this under the rug right out of the gate. Um, but there's, there's just a lot here. Miranda, what was your reaction to this? I was like, wow, they really did this at 5 p.m. on a Thursday. At least it's not a Friday, but it was still 5 p.m. on the dot with the news. And that was West Coast time. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was like they were trying to sneeze within a side of like, oh, by the way, um, which I don't think is a good look for them. If you're going to have this sort of news from your quadruple A studio, you kind of want to own it, right? Rather than just sort of like, yeah, that's happening. Because it, it kind of doesn't instill the best confidence, although I... You know, I don't know what their intentions were exactly with the announcement at that point, other than like, as we were guessing, just kind of an aside quickly. <laughs> uh, 
My first reaction, though, is actually makes me think of somebody who was tweeting to us over, I think, the last week or something, sort of about their, they're kind of expressing some impatience with the new games coming out for our Xbox. So as we know, the pandemic has caused so many delays for game studios, understandably. I can't imagine how hard it is to develop a game, everyone working from home, trying to coordinate all these massive games. And we're here waiting for, you know, Xbox to deliver on these big promises. They've acquired all these great new studios. We're really excited to have that. But they have to deliver the games, right? And I think there's also a worry that there could, like, be a slew of games all at the same time. So you kind of want them spread out. And you definitely want something sooner rather than later, right? So the idea here is that, you know, as a support studio, Crystal Dynamics is coming in to help get this game done faster. So we know... I think feel like we we did like kind of like a, a check in kind of regularly for the initiative for a long time of being like okay so who are they hiring today because they were still staffing up for so much for this project and it could be entirely possible that they've just been you know staffing up and maybe they're not quite where they want to be in terms of getting this game out the door faster but they don't want to do it in a way like I would assume by bringing in a whole you know big studio to help support. They don't want to do it in a way that's going to hurt their staff, but also hurt the quality of the game, right? Like a game that kind of keeps getting rewritten and has to get shoved out the door fast. That's that's never good. And I think we've actually seen that with other games that come out. And you can kind of see where there was a big departure from what they had originally started developing with the game. And you get halfway through it, it's a different game. Uh, so for this, I think it's good. It's a, probably a good thing to get help. It's always good to ask for help. I think this is actually something we see a lot with anime. So in a lot of uh, big anime studios, they'll have, of course, the the studio, the core talent, the team there doing the most important parts. So like they're doing the directing, the story, the main keyframes. But then there's the in-betweens, which are the animation bits between the main frames. So those are the ones who are kind of filling in the gaps to make the animation smooth. A lot of times they'll actually contract that those out to other studios or independent like independent animators or something. So this is not necessarily an uncommon practice that you can see in other industries. So having additional help with animations or you know designs or coding, whatever it may be that they need help with, isn't so far fetched. So I think we could still expect, of course, the biggest, most important parts of Perfect Dark are going to be done by the initiative, right. just with a lot of help from Crystal Dynamics to make this game possible in a faster way for us to get and not have it in like, who knows, like six years or something, you know? <laughs> Andrew, what was your reaction to this? Because this is definitely a, a a pretty unusual story in that, you know, Crystal is such a, a big, well-known studio of their own that they're partnering with Microsoft on this. Yeah, I think there's um, many sides to uh, speculating about this, right? And I'll, I'll take the side of, okay, you think uh, Crystal Dynamics and you think about uh, the Avengers game. Right. And uh, the rollout of that and how, how rough it's been. Right. And then you think about uh, then you go to the Tomb Raider stuff. You're like, OK, well, there's hope there. And then you look at all the different companies that uh, combine with uh, multiple uh, developers, like, for example, Vanguard, you have uh, Beanox, High Moon, Sledgehammer and, and all those different things. So it's not far fetched to see companies do this on a regular basis to make sure as Miranda was uh, saying before that things get done at a particular uh, time frame, and and I think that that's that's okay. So the wrench that was thrown in 2020 for everybody, right, makes everything just you know, uh, what do we do now? Like uh, who who can we get that we trust that can help us in this particular vision? And it's still their vision, 
uh, to roll out this particular title. And I've I've always loved Perfect Dark for everything that that they've done ever since. You know, being inspired by GoldenEye and all that stuff, which uh, played back in the day. But um, we see teams, you know, form their their own Voltrons and, and make great things happen all the time. So I think it could be positive and negative. It depends on on your lens. Oh, well said. I like the Voltron reference there too. <laughs> Stella, how about you? I, I don't you know. I know it's a single player game. It's way on the horizon, but you know, you love shooters as well as I do. So what did you think when you saw that Crystal Dynamics was going to be teaming up with the initiative on Perfect Dark? I think it's fine. Um, I, I, I don't have any personal attachments to Perfect Dark, so I feel like I'm less inclined to feel a certain way. Um, but I mean, if, if this will help get them the technical and whatever else support they need, um, I think that would be great. It, 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 they're looking out for what will benefit them the most, especially since this is going to be a complete reboot, a modernized Perfect Dark. So I'm sure they want to get everything right. And I'm I'm sure they want to do, they, they want to optimize everything so that they can have a really good launch and be really proud of the product that they put out. So for me, if, if uh, Crystal Dynamics helps them feel more confident, then why not? I, I feel like that's not a bad thing. Um, Again, as long as they get all the support that they need. So for me, I'm just, I guess I'm just like, like cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. And I should note too, Andrew mentioned Marvel's Avengers, Crystal's last game, which, you know, has had a, has had a, a kind of a tepid response to it. It is, you know, they've been trying uh, ever since with some more content. It is heading into Game Pass this week on Thursday, September 30th. So if you haven't tried Marvel's Avengers, you can take a look at, what it looks like, you know, one year later as part of your Game Pass subscription. So no excuse to not at least give it a try. Uh, and I imagine, by the way, that those are those two things are probably connected. I would imagine that might have been a package deal where if Microsoft's on the phone with Crystal Dynamics hammering out this uh, this perfect dark partnership, they went, hey, by the way, uh, that that Avengers thing <laughs> that you guys are you know still trying to get some traction for. How about Game Pass? OK, why not? So right. um, I imagine there's a connection there. and. But yeah, I, it, what's what was interesting about this story, and I, you know, we were all online uh, again. Miranda mentioned 5 p.m. Pacific time, so the end of our workday, we're all kind of sitting there, and then it it hits the news breaks. For, the tweet came from the Initiative Studio account, which you know doesn't have a ton of followers. It didn't come from the Xbox account or Phil Spencer's account, and we were all like, I, you know, the initial reaction is just one of confusion, and I think what I saw a lot of was. Um, not disappointment, but I guess like just a sort of loss of confidence in the studio. That oh, this must mean that they're the initiative is not capable. And and I think the the longer that I've that I sit with it, I think the opposite is actually true. And and I think Miranda and Stella really hit on it. Is actually Andrew is too. You got you guys all mentioned. So you gave some great examples of support studios with major games. Andrew was talking about. Call of Duty and the the support teams on that every year. Uh, I mean, Halo Infinite has support studios on it. Uh, there's what's it gonna, The Last of Us too had uh, several support studios. I mean, these it's not unusual for these big AAA blockbuster projects to have help. The unusual thing, and again, I, I think this is where it's actually the opposite of a bad thing. It's a good thing. Like the usually support studios are. Uh, with all due respect to those support studios, not nearly as accomplished as Crystal Dynamics is. So you're not just getting help on Perfect Dark. You're getting a team that has shipped multiple, you know, 
highly successful nine-ish out of ten rated video games right. to help out. Um, now, the, the strange part it is the Crystal Dynamics being owned by another major publisher. Usually, mm. the support studios are either in-house, like Microsoft owns them, and they're using them for their own Microsoft-developed game, Perfect Dark, or they're just independent work-for-hire shops so so um, so ryan ryan yeah, if ahead. you have friends if you have friends in high places it you know you can pull exactly. you can make a phone call right i love that yeah and that's you're you're exactly on the nose because i the connective tissue on this which took me a minute and i was like oh yeah okay this makes sense i mentioned earlier at the top of this segment the studio head one of the founding members of the initiative was daryl gallagher who came from Crystal Dynamics. So that's Daryl is clearly the connective tissue on this. The the I'm sure he sat down with the leadership team at both Xbox and the studio and said, okay, as you guys already lined out, uh, laid out, the pandemic has affected us all. It set us back. We want to try and get this thing done in some kind of timely manner. All right, well, let's see if we can get some help. Well, who would we want to get? And Daryl goes, well, why don't I call my old friends <laughs> who are e extremely talented at Crystal Dynamics? And I mean, it is definitely unusual for two, for a, for two major publishers to, to team up on one publisher's game like this. But uh, Microsoft and Square Enix made it happen. And, uh, and so here we are, Crystal Dynamics assisting on perfect dark and and i think miranda hit it perfectly right at the top it's you know this game would have taken another who knows four years six years because they straight up admitted they said we're early in development and bringing crystal on will just accelerate that timeline in a way that will maintain the quality uh while respecting the vision that, that the initiative has laid out so um just a very strange situation but i think any sort of uh, pessimism or panic in the community about the state of the initiative is wildly overblown and and uh, just not at all really fair. I think it's just, hey, you've got help and it's it's world class AAA help. And the one other thing I wanted to to bring up with the with you guys here is part of the tweet from the initiative about first person. Uh, Miranda, is this the first time it's been confirmed that that, that Perfect Dark is first person? I mean, I know. The previous Perfect Darks were also so. I, I mean, I've definitely been assuming that this one will be, but had they outright said it before? I'm not too sure if they said definitively that it was first person. They don't have it in like an easy search and as part of their announcements of Perfect Dark being the next game or official game that the initiative is working on. Uh, they did have a developer interview back in December, and they could have potentially mentioned it there, but I kind of doubt it. And this is one of those weird games of just like, wait, did they actually say this? And and although it is fair to assume that these sorts of games will probably be similar to their legacy games, right? Like, why wouldn't it be first person? Um, you never know until someone confirms it, though. They could do something completely different. It could suddenly be a battle royale just because they didn't say it. It's not, obviously. Stella's eyes just... light up. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it, it's just like one of those things where you have to wait for this confirmation to see what they actually are doing with this just because you know game development varies so much and uh getting that confirmation is always a good thing so um i don't think it had been previously confirmed now we have it now we've got it yeah we'll continue perfect dark's legacy now you know it's 
I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to add all this up to see, but it does seem like we're kind of we're moving towards this world where I mean PlayStation Studios, it's they're known for third person narrative action adventures, right? And it seems like Xbox is now moving towards it's gonna be a lot of first person stuff. Not that there isn't variety in both uh first party catalogs, but I mean you've got Halo, it's first person, perfect dark's first person. You've got Starfield that's first person. Down the road, Elder Scrolls Six is first person. Uh, um, out, outwards first. Or what's um, uh, Avowed? Sorry, I don't know why I blanked on its name. Avowed's first person. So it's, it's going to be like, do you like first person stuff? Okay, play. Get an Xbox. <laughs> do you like third person stuff? All right, get a PlayStation. So I don't know, just a random, a random thought. Um, all right. Well, that's so. That's it on. Perfect Dark, just a, a just a strange, but ultimately I think not only kind of a much ado about nothing. I mean, I'm not quite sure why Microsoft seemingly wanted to bury this. Uh, at least that's my interpretation of it, because I think it ultimately is a good thing that Perfect Dark is going to be uh, worked on by both the initiative and the talented folks at Crystal Dynamics. All right, it's loot box time. Uh, this is the portion of the show where we just take a random question in video form from one of our listeners. This one comes from Micah talking Game Pass. Hey, Unlock Crew. Micah from Augusta, Georgia, coming off of Masters Week 2021. Uh, question about Game Pass. Uh, you know, we talked about exclusivity and we've talked about pushing people towards Game Pass. And we clearly saw that uh, trying to push people towards Game Pass by raising the cost of gold failed spectacularly. Everyone was really upset. So the question was, how do we get people on Game Pass? Well, is games, right? Really good games. We're seeing MLB The Show. We've seen Outriders, a bunch of more. Uh, Microsoft Studios going to push things to Game Pass. But my question is, when are we going to see games become exclusive to Game Pass? Not exclusive to where Game Pass lives on console and PC and mobile device and refrigerators and wherever else it's going to live. But when are games only going to be on Game Pass? Netflix has movies that are only on Netflix streaming and you can't buy them in stores. So when are games like, let's say, uh, Elder Scrolls 6, maybe not something that big, but something in that vein is only on Game Pass and that's how they push more subscriptions. Thank you, Micah, and a reminder to everybody out there, if you want to be featured on Unlocked, just film yourself recording your Xbox-related question, your loot box question, and tweet that to me. Just tag me, at DMC underscore Ryan, and I'll add you to my Word doc, and I'll uh, submit that or consider that for a future episode. So thank you, Micah. Game Pass. Uh, Stella, your thoughts. Do you think we will ever see games that are only available through Game Pass and not through any other means? So this is, you mean like it only publishes on Game, Game Pass and stays there, right? Yeah, like how some shows are only on Netflix. Maybe. I don't, it, it's really interesting though. Because, so if you think about Epic Games, Epic Games is a PC storefront and has exclusivity periods for a certain amount of time and then it's available everywhere. I feel like that's kind of where Game Pass is right now, just because it's a great introductory service. Um, that being said, I think that if eventually they decided to do a game that was only exclusive to Game Pass, that would also be pretty successful because Game Pass has already established itself as this trusted source for like uh, monthly games, right? Especially since you get games on release uh, for such a great deal. Um so honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they try it, like maybe next year, like just to see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then hey, they can just release it um, 
they can put it up for uh, exclusivity. So I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of permanent exclusivity like that, but I, I might just be in the minority here. So <laughs> Andrew, your thoughts on this one. I think it's one of those things that you have to continually test, 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 right? When you look at uh, what Sony is doing with the games, their exclusives going to the PC platform. I think it's one of those things that you just have to continue to test to see if it's going to be lucrative for you and uh, how uh, your your user base responds to it. Uh, so it's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but I think that as you see, there's a, a very good reception for the individuals who are playing the PlayStation games on PC now, and they start rolling out more titles ever since. So I think it's something that you have to continually test and see uh, what's going on with that. Miranda? So you don't only need a PC and a Switch. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't think we'd, uh, I mean, never say never, right? But I don't think they would try full games exclusive only to Game Pass because it doesn't seem like they're too concerned about the subscriptions for Game Pass as far as driving people to it because it's already such a great deal that in it, it in and in itself is such a driving force I don't think they would need to incentivize that sort of way. I think there are other ways they could incentivize people to subscribe other than holding a game kind of like captive on Game Pass. It's like, no, sorry, you can only be here and play it here. I think there are like other sort of drops or maybe little DLC bits or exclusive things that they, they've done some other sort of Game Pass rewards that you can get in your games if you have that. Uh, those make more sense to me rather than a full game because I think if you're also looking at like indie developers or other developers, they're not going to want their game only there. That's so restricting. And even though Game Pass is obviously on PC, that's also sometimes a, if you want it on PC and console, that's a premium subscription, right? That's not just the flat Game Pass, right? You're right. doing Ultimate at that point. And that is more expensive. And at that point, if you're just trying to, you know, get by with your smaller indie game that may be only like $20, I don't want to walk it behind game pass that that's not a very good business decision for me so i don't think that they would want to target that and i don't think they would want to limit sales of a big triple a game that they have coming out either so i don't see this as being a huge potential for them but you never know i'm going to take the opposite side on this one i, I think it is going to happen i think uh particularly as physical game sales on consoles continue to die uh, continue to go away and everything becomes more digital uh, I think it'll make sense where somebody, big or small, is going to make a deal with Microsoft that says, we will make this game exclusive to Game Pass in return for some substantial promotion on your da on the dashboard. You know, some sort of some sort of give and take, like, hey, we'll we'll keep this on Game Pass, uh, which is inherently, you know, there's a lot of positives about that, but we want, you know, we want to make sure people see it and know about it. So what are you going to do for us to make sure but that's the case. I, I, I do think it's inevitable that somebody tries it out. So we'll see. Thank you, Micah, for that excellent loot box question. Again, you can record your question on video and tweet it to me at DMC underscore Ryan, and you may be featured on an upcoming episode. Now, real quick here, we've got the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge, our weekly test of your Xbox knowledge. Miranda, you have a chance while Destin continues to be not here, you know, that's this is your shot. You got to just pad the lead that you have here as the year starts to wind down. We're going Q4 officially starts next week, by the way. So um, that's keep that in mind. This uh, this question comes from Kyle in Seoul, South Korea. This is a really good question. Actually, I remember all these games, but this is a this is a pretty good trivia question. Kyle says, 
Korean developed games are rarely discussed or mentioned in the Xbox scene. Maybe uh, Dokev or Dokev. I still don't know how to pronounce that. Maybe it's Dokev. What is it, Miranda? I think it is Dokev. Yeah, okay. it's Dokev because it's it's a playoff of Dokev, which means goblin in Korea. In Korean, so yeah. I learned something today. Thank you. Uh, now I know. I will get that right from now on. So Kyle says, I just wanted them to get some recognition here. And thus he proposes this trivia question to all of you. Which of these Korean developed Xbox games was not published by Microsoft? So not a first party published game. Uh, these are obviously none of these were. I don't think any of these were developed by first party studios, but um, three of these were published by Microsoft uh, hmm. back in the I think they're all 360 games. So 99 Nights, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Magna Carta 2, or Kingdom Under Fire, Circle of Doom. Let me go. Uh, I'll go to our guest, Andrew, first. Test of your Xbox knowledge, which is basically the this is a big guess for me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Yeah>. OK. <laughs> I'll go Magna Carta as my guess. OK. Um, Stella, how about you? Any thoughts on this one? This is, I've not heard of I've not really heard of any I, I know Magna Carta and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and I, I know PUBG was published by Xbox because it's on there on now. the console yeah the console yeah. version yeah. I, don't, I don't know this is really tough because you know there there could be so many like uh, um I'll say D Kingdom Under Fire okay Miranda. I enjoy the alliteration of 99 Nights, but I think the Kingdom Under Fire. I don't know the answer to this one. I'm just guessing. You're going Kingdom Under Fire as well? Yes. Okay. Well, we do have uh, somebody's getting points this week. That's the good news. And we're going to put Andrew on the board. Oh! Magna Carta 2 is correct. Yay. That was uh, that was Bandai. <laughs> Let me just double check and make sure I have that correct. Oh, yeah, Bandai great. on that one. Microsoft published 99 Nights. Microsoft, of course, published uh, PUBG for Xbox, and they did also publish King. There were a couple of Kingdom Under Fire games there. Mm -hmm. So, Kyle, great job, great job on that question. That, that was a really good one. And uh, yeah, just adding Andrew here, one point, <laughs> nice Yay. on the board. For on the, the board, year. guys. Nice. It's problem. hard. These are hard. Yeah, they are tough so questions. You learn a lot. <laughs> if Especially any of you guess out it. there. Uh, have an xbox trivia question please send it my way because i could always use good ones i usually only get a few of these a week so i could i could use some more good ammo to uh, fire at the group here each and every week send your trivia question along with four multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email and the email address to send that to is unlocked at ign.com and with that we are uh ready to wrap this bad boy up for the week I want to thank both Stella for jumping in with us as well as Andrew Alliance. And Andrew, I'll go to you first. Now that everybody's hung out with you for an hour plus here, you want to give yourself one more plug. Where can we follow you? Where can we listen to you? Sure. Uh, you could definitely check out youtube.com forward slash Andrew Alliance. I recently published episode 595 with uh, Miss DJM at Miss DJM. You can find her there. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Underdog Collection, the merch is out. It's inspired by my life experiences, and I think it's a it's a great addition to uh, the world. So we've been working on that since uh, last year, actually. Uh, so excited about that. You can find that. I'll add that to the description of the recent podcast, and you can also find it on Twitter, which is U-R-I-Y-Y-A. And Ryan, this is um, 
You're doing great work out here, Ryan. You you given you're giving people a platform to uh, to speak and, and be recognized. And um, from the bottom of my heart, man, this is I, I talked to a lot of my friends who have been here, and uh, it is you're changing lives out here, man. So thank you, Miranda. Thank you, uh, Stella and Ryan. Thank you for everything that you're doing. I appreciate it. Oh, you're, you're making the Aww. show better by being here. Thank oh, yeah. you so Thank much you for, for us. saying that. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, we, we loved having you this week. Come back and see us again. Uh, now, Stella, it. how about you? I know you're out there just slaughtering fools in Halo and Apex. <laughs> where, uh, where can everybody find you at? Uh, right here at IGN, but also, uh, oh, yeah, because I'm doing the, we, we said that, right? I'm doing the review in progress uh, yes. for Halo multiplayer. Um, so that will be up. This week, I we're trying to get it out today, probably tomorrow. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I stream every day after work because I am crazy. Uh, and actually, this month in October, a uh, couple of dates. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I will be uh, casting in ALGS again for year two. Uh, so uh, we're going into Pro League, so I'm very excited. Um, so you guys can check that out on the Play Apex Twitch. Sweet. Oh, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Miranda. Take us home. Hi, you can find me at Havoc Girls on the Tavic with a K on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and pretty much anywhere else. Of right now, as I said, I am really focusing on making sure that we have a nice archive of what happened in the September slash October test flight. So if you have questions or are just like, oh, how do I get into the test flight? Or, oh, what was that battle pass item at level 13, but I also want to see an image of it? I've got you. <laughs> so please check out our Halo guide. Um, I'm also working probably a little bit on an Outer Wilds guide. So if you get a little confused on how to start that DLC, I can also help you there. Uh, so a lot of guide stuff, please use your guides. We work so hard on them and I'm just going to keep trying my best to make them helpful for you. Okay. And also streaming Bioshock Infinite because I also like to play games after work. Heck yeah. <laughs> I love Bioshock Infinite. That was, uh, it gets, I don't know, it gets a lot of hate retroactively now. I, I, get it. I mean, granted, I haven't played it like you're playing it now. I haven't played it since yeah. it came out, but I loved it's it at the time. Heavy handed in a lot of ways. So I can see, and I also loved it at the time and I still really like it. So good. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Uh, as for me, I guess, uh, so my Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan, that's the tag you want for loot box, that video question, be part of the show. And then I'll give a plug to, uh, we had a nice little exclusive go up on IGN today. Alan Wake Remastered is out next week, my friends, for obviously for everything, including Series X. So if you haven't played it or just want to take a, another ride through it, but it's in 4K and it's much prettier, we've got a seven minute exclusive gameplay clip of it. So if you just want to see what it looks like in 4K on the remaster, check that out on IGN.com or YouTube.com slash IGN. And I guess I'll say, uh, if you're not already subscribing to the Two Unlocked on YouTube, we would love you to do so. We're, we're there along with the other IGN shows at youtube.com slash IGN games. So check that out because uh, our super producer, Red, puts a ton of effort into making this a great video show as well as a podcast. So uh, help him out. Help him out. He's, uh, so just check that subscribe box or ring the bell or whatever it is you got to do on YouTube. For uh, Andrew Alliance, Stella, and Miranda, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 513. We will see you back probably for a little more Halo talk, and we'll see what else next week after the uh, next round of test flighting. See you then. <laughs>